This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Cindy Yu and I'm joined by James Forsyth and Katie Balls. So today the talk in Westminster is all about the MP Owen Patterson, who's been investigated for apparently breaching uh, lobbying rules in the Commons. Katie, can you start by explaining what's going on with this complicated story? Yes, so this all goes back to a ruling by the Commissioner for Common Standards, which ultimately found that Owen Patterson was in breach of lobbying rules. It relates to two companies that he uh, was paid to work with. They ultimately found that he behaved in a way when it came to uh, contacting ministers, questions and so forth, that ultimately contradicted the rules that were in place. And therefore, you had a report by the commissioner that was then went to a committee made up of MPs, and they all agreed on a recommendation of 30-day suspension from the Commons. Now, this would have opened up the potential for recall and it has led to a backlash in the Tory party. I think it's worth pointing out that the committee that signed this off does include Tory MPs. Um, So this is a cross-party group that signed this off and ultimately one uh, such MP, Bernard Jenkins, stepped down. He recused himself because he is a close friend of Owen Paterson, but there were other Tory MPs that remained on the committee. What we've seen in recent days is a backlash growing, particularly amongst friends of Owen Patterson, but also I think um, the fact that Owen Patterson says, A, the investigation was flawed because his witnesses were never brought forward, but also says that the impact of the investigation contributed to his wife's suicide has meant that there has been sympathy, not just from his closest friends. But where this is uh, really ramped up is what happened yesterday. So on Tuesday, there was an amendment put forward by Andrea Leadsom to ultimately try and pause the findings of the report because it had to go to a vote. And that vote should have just been a formality. In general, it, it was almost a done deal. But an amendment on that saying the report's findings would ultimately be suspended Therefore, meaning Owen Patterson would be suspended and a new committee would be formed that would work on um, standards for MPs and therefore go into the terrain of the commissioner. Now, the government have supported this. Uh, We have now had a vote in which the government have won. MPs are put on a free line whip. I think it's safe to say that it has created deep unrest in the Tory party, partly because uh, there is unease amongst Tory MPs that they worry the fact that the government has ultimately intervened to stop the result of this report coming forward. It looks as though the Tory party is looking after its own and it could play into Slee's narrative and already Labour on the attack trying to say this is all about Tory Slee's and we're going back to the major years. James, there's a lot to unpack in the story, but first of all, for Owen Pattinson's defenders, are any of them saying that he didn't breach lobbying rules and so he shouldn't be punished? Or are they saying he did, but they're trying to change the mechanism of punishment afterwards? So I think the defence of Owen Pattinson is that his initial decision to contact people about this was, was about public health, that he that one of the companies he worked for, Randox, had evidence of things getting into the food chain that shouldn't be there. And I think if he had left it at that, I think it would be legitimate. I think, I think, I think the problem is what happened after that. I also think there's this. What did happen after it? That, he, that, he, that there were multiple communications that, that followed. I think if he had just put this on the radar 
of people and then stepped away. And I think I don't think Owen Patterson's motives in continuing to contact people. I think when Owen Patterson has some has an idea, he just kind of goes at it relentlessly. I mean that that but 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 he obviously didn't think through at mm. all that Caesar's wife must be above suspicion that what it looks like if an MP is banging doors down on this stuff. I, I think the government have made a, a very big mistake today by by backing this because there are clearly flaws for the processes. I I think it, I think I think this is not a I think it would be clearly better if the process was run by someone who was a former High Court judge, for example, or a former senior lawyer. There was some right of appeal. But I don't think stopping the process at this point is appropriate. You know, I'm, I'm very struck by that even people who voted for the Leadsman Amendment today said, oh, it looks terrible. <laughs> it looks terrible in part because it, it isn't the right thing to do. I think it would have been better for everyone if the Commons had voted on the suspension. And then Jacob Rees Small could have said, look, this case raises some issues. And I think we need a without the pressure of this sanction hovering over everyone, we need a cross-party group of MPs to look at this. What has now happened is Labour have said they won't participate in any attempt to look at the rules. So you're going to have a group of Tory MPs looking at revising the rules. And, I mean, there is an old... It's a, it's a hard saying, and a particularly hard saying given all the other circumstances, but hard cases make bad laws. And I don't think this is an appropriate response to the situation. And I think that... I think it is... I think you can't, what you need to do is consider these matters in a, you can't just use your majority to, to change the rules, I, I, to my mind. I think you need some kind of level of consensus across the House. And I think that the, the way in which this has been done makes it impossible to get that. And I think that there are clearly problems with the current procedure. This is not something that should be done in some kind of amateur way, as I think it has been frankly done up to now. You, I think you should, they should get a, a proper former High Court judge or other senior lawyers to be doing this. There should be some kind of appeals process. But changing all of the rules because of one case is a very bad precedent to set. Mm. And Katie, what the government and its amendment is proposing is to set up a committee essentially with majority Conservative MPs and headed up by a Conservative MP in John Whittingdale as well. So, it's, I mean, that adds to the perception of the thing, doesn't it? Because it's, you know, they've already decided who this person would be. Yeah, I think it meant it created a stink before its creation. And already we're hearing the SNP plan to boycott this new committee. Senior Labour sources are saying that Labour will boycott this new committee. So if they go through on those threats, you're going to have a committee ultimately overseeing um, standards for MPs run by Tories. And it was going to be, in a way, run by Tories anyway if you had four Tory MPs, four cross-party and one Tory MP chairing it. But that would clearly make it even more visible. And I think that if the opposition parties want to play into this, as they seem to be keen to do, we're hearing Labour have attack adverts lined up to really go hard on Tory sleaze. I do think there is the potential for this to move from being quite a technical bubble story in terms of lobbying stories. I always think there is, they're not something that immediately captures the public imagination, but they can be a quite slow build. And therefore, I do think there is an issue here in the sense that given how quickly the government had moved in this, have they thought through where this goes? Because I think if we think back to the Standards Commissioner, I think one of the issues here is number 10 have been unhappy with many things the Standards Commission done for some time. 
particularly specifically on Boris Johnson. Oh. Um, the Standing Commissioner gave uh, Boris Johnson a telling off for his holiday to Mystique, the 2019 holiday where they didn't declare who paid for it for quite a long time. Uh, there's been, a, you know, I think at the time suggested that the Prime Minister had a habit of not really aligning to the standards of the House in many of these cases. And also the fact that if you look at who signed Andrew Ledson's amendment, a handful had ultimately had findings against them by the Standards Commissioner. I do wonder if this is going to play into a wider narrative about Tory MPs ultimately looking after themselves and trying to get themselves some breathing space where perhaps there should be scrutiny. And James, finally, why has the government decided to pick this fight or get involved at all? I mean, who, is this to do with who Owen Paterson is as an MP or what's, what's going on there? I think the Tory party is in, a, in an emotional state at the moment. This is not to justify actions. This is to provide context. You had a Tory MP lose his life. Owen Paston, wife, has uh, has uh, killed herself. This is obviously an emotional context. And there's, I think there's also a point that the, the current process, it takes a long time. I think it is quite traumatic for those MPs that go through it. And I don't think it is particularly professional. But... I mean, all of those reasons are reasons to reform it, but you can't stop the process halfway through. I one of the points Angela Rayner made quite effectively was that Bob Roberts, a Tory MP accused of sexually harassing people, the argument for why he cannot be recalled as an MP is that you can't change the rules halfway through the process. So why are you changing the rules halfway through this process? I think it would have been much better to have said the Owen Paterson case has shown flaws in the process to have allowed this process to play itself out and then immediately move to set up a new process with more experienced, more professional, to repeat ad nauseam, you know, former High Court judge or senior lawyer, who could do it and could understand that you can't make your mind up before you talk to people, you should listen to witnesses. And I also think that the, the British system is an adversarial system. These inquisitorial systems where people investigate and then come to a conclusion... They don't satisfy what we conceive of as natural justice, that we think there should be some moment for people to face their accusers in court. And so I think, I think it would be better to move to something like that. But I think trying to stop a process when it's already underway is ill thought through. Katie and James, thanks very much. And if you enjoy the political analysis from Katie and James on everyday basis and you want it in an email form, you can sign up to The Evening Blend, which is written by Isabel Hardman and Katie. So to sign up to that, you can go to spectator.co.uk forward slash blend. And that's just a free roundup of the day's news. Thanks for listening and join us again tomorrow.